Welcome to A Girl's Guide 2, the podcast designed to help generations of women enhance their minds, love their bodies, and heal their souls. I'm your host, Michaela, a girl navigating life and helping you do the same. I am so happy and grateful that you are here. Let's dive in. Hi, friends. Happy Monday, and welcome back to another episode of A Girl's Guide 2. I have my guest here as usual, as I always do on Mondays. Today is my girl, Casey, and we are very excited to be bringing a very vulnerable chat to you guys today. Casey and I have both had some struggles in our childhood and our upbringing, some similarities that we shared there. And obviously, as you guys know, your childhood is such a major part in who you become as a young adult and when you're discovering yourself you're at least in my in my experience and I believe in Casey's too um, you start to kind of question why you do the things that you do or think the way that you think or just why your life is how it is and you start to realize that it all goes back to childhood and when you have trauma in your childhood um, (laughs) as unfortunately many people deal with Um, it definitely makes it a bit challenging. So Casey, hello girl. I, I want to, I want to know about your trauma. Like we're going to just get right into it (laughs) real raw. I mean, obviously you share what you're open to sharing, but, um, what was it for you that, you know, obviously trauma looks so different Mm -hmm. for everybody. I can share a little bit of my story, but kind of share your story and what your childhood looked like. Um, so it wasn't the average, you know that, um, a few people know that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the average by any means. And I grew up basically, not basically, I grew up in a single parent household. Um, and I lost contact with my father. He walked out on us um, when I was about five. And he went with my mom to drop me off my first day of kindergarten. And then I did not see him again. He stole everything that we had um, for whatever habits he had had at the time. Mm -hmm. And that was it. So I never really got an answer. Um, I just remember staring out the window in my kindergarten class and just seeing him walk off, um, not knowing that that would be the last time that I would see his face for a very, very long time. So I guess it kind of rooted there. And that's when like the whole like daddy issues thing, it's very real. That's, but that's, you know, (laughs) I don't, I don't give a fuck to sugarcoat it or whatever. Yeah. That's real. That's me. I have those. I own those. Mm -hmm. And then we just grow from them. But right. Yeah. Yeah. I thank you for sharing. Um, And for my story, I mean, I feel like I've definitely shared a bit here and there but for those who might not know obviously Casey we've talked about it a lot and I believe you have some of this in your family addiction right addiction is definitely a struggle in a lot of families my mom actually who is the recovering addict in our family she's going back to school right now to get a certificate that I actually Casey funny enough believe that you have the same is it a certificate am I correct in it's a certificate yeah and what is it for sorry I know you're like taking a sip of your no it's okay love that by the way (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's just for um substance substance abuse counseling and it's an amazing program and amazing staff and you learn 
just so much the ins and outs of everything. It's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. And so you have the certificate. My mom is currently in the process of getting, she literally just started school, but the whole point of me mentioning that is just to say that she's learning about how I hate to say popular, maybe common uh, addiction is among families, just among people. Um, so our family generationally has struggled with alcohol, which is a huge part of why I live a sober life, as you guys probably know by now. Um, but yeah, so my childhood was just, um, you know, a lot of moments of my mom being a functioning alcoholic, but not herself, obviously, under the influence of alcohol quite often, quite frequently. Um, she was, she got sober and then, well, my dogs are going crazy. <laughs> I don't know if you'll be able to hear that, but we're just going to keep it rolling or we wait. Maybe, maybe we wait because they're good. They're keep, they're keeping at it. Somebody's here. That's why. See, this is a whole thing of what of something that I need to mention about trauma and living at home. But anyway, just to give a brief rundown of my childhood, it was just, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to summarize it, right? Because there's trauma holds such a heavy weight and there's so much to somebody's story. But yeah, my mom was just an alcoholic and we struggled, you know, my, the relationship she had with my father, my father's reaction to how my mom was was a big part of it you know my mom wasn't the only one you know I was raised by two parents I I had a mom and a dad so um you know they were both I in my eyes held responsible or accountable in some ways their actions and behaviors and whatnot for how I am now um good and bad right not to say that they're like they were terrible parents and I'm like a shitty person because of them but um just things that I had to unlearn because of those um those traumas you know a lot of animosity in the house a lot of failed communication a lot of mistrust um just all the things that you face when unfortunately you're living with somebody who has an addiction of any kind um you know it affects everybody in the family um but Casey yes you your family has struggled with addiction as well um mm -hmm. and how I mean if you want to paint a picture of of what that looked like for you as a kid and you know what you're where you're at now I guess yeah so I mean in the beginning um with my dad when we, I, I remember a lot of things vividly he was very abusive um mm -hmm. towards me and my mom um so that some trauma there and, you know, he would forget me at bars and um, mm. he'd bring me when he was watching me and literally the prostitute that he was with that evening would have to return me to my mom. Um, okay. So it's just very That's being like left just behind. Like, yeah. And that you know? I can imagine is just like the surface of it too. Like, that's crazy. I, I didn't know that at all. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, it, it would happen you know, every day he was also like functioning alcoholic. He'd work. Yeah. He was, he had a shit together, put together, at least, you know, that mask that, yeah. you know, some people have to wear mm -hmm. and um, going through that. It, it's just, yeah. You wonder why at such a young age, like why you couldn't be remembered. Like, just get me from the fucking bar. Like, just get me out of the stool. Mm -hmm. Like I'm mm -hmm. sitting here, like I'm four and five years old. You know what I mean? Right. I'm just sitting there. Um, so I'm like, we, we lost contact and, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the best relationship with 
I have a horrible relationship with my mother. Um, so right. she was sort of a closet um, alcoholic as well. Um, so I would go through the cupboards to get cereal and there would be nips on nips on nips in there. Or, you know, it, we would go into the liquor store together. And I, I used to just think that was totally normal. Like, oh, my God, I love right. the smell in here. Like, what the hell? <laughs> right. As and, you know, age. she remarries she remarries an alcoholic. So it's just like this big circle and it's so fucking exhausting. Mm. And, you know, I've tried to play savior and oh, let's fix this. Right. For so long. And I'm tired Yeah, and I understand and I have empathy. Um, but it's just, there comes a point where you just have to just take people for who they are hope they're able to change. Mm -hmm. And if not, then that's not on me. I did what I could do, you know? So mm. it's just been addiction in every phase of my life. Now that I'm thinking about it, there hasn't been one phase of my life where I haven't made any interactions with people that I love mm. that aren't addicted to a substance. So it's just, mm. it's really shitty, as you know. You of know course. what I mean? So Of yeah. course. But I love that you're coming to a point of realizing that it's not your responsibility. I got to that point last year. So I wanted to actually clarify that my mom is sober. She actually just celebrated one year, which is so wonderful. She previously was sober for, I want to say about six years when I was a, a bit younger. Um, and then around COVID, a little bit before COVID, um, she had a relapse. And then just the last few years, it's been back and forth. But um, this last year, she has just completely changed her life. But um, so things look a lot different now. And I'm very grateful for that, especially hearing your story, Casey. And, you know, I obviously feel for you and anybody who is still facing these circumstances, because I am just now at a point even here we are a year later where my mom's been sober. Mm -hmm. I'm just now at a point where I feel like I can let my guard down a bit and I can actually kind of live this life for me and not, you know, to protect my siblings from my parents fighting or to check in on my mom and, you know, go through her car or her closet or things like that. You know, I, I finally feel like that flight or fight response is just kind of gone and I'm I'm just like at peace which is so beautiful and I wish that for everybody but I guess that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this today to kind of just share the things that you know are somewhat of a positive in dark times like this because as much as it's been such a terrible part of my life obviously you know I'm not going to sit here and be like oh yeah it was a, I had a great childhood like I had wonderful right. moments and and I have wonderful memories and I always express to my family and my parents that I'm so grateful you know but it was also a very it was a challenge but there are things that I've learned because of that and I like wouldn't I wouldn't take it back I wouldn't change it for even mm -hmm. as hard as it was, um, because I do believe that it obviously just like anybody else's upbringing, if you had more of like a cushy upbringing or, you know, just I mean, I, I want to be careful when I say that, but I know everybody has their own struggles. I'm just saying that different circumstances result in different, I guess, reactions or I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here. I guess, you know, it's just 
everything happened for a reason. I went through mm-hmm. it for whatever reason I went through. It's made me who I am today. I've learned a lot from it, but I'm also learning now that um, it's actually causing like a lot of um, just weird thoughts, I guess, for myself and like in my own life, for example, like how I mentioned earlier that there was some mistrust in the house, obviously a lot of mistrust. I mean, if you grew up with an addict, you know, an addict mistrust is a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've found like, I, that mistrust was placed upon me at sometimes it was, you know, kind of reflected back. And I find sometimes I don't trust myself now in certain situations and I have to like go back and I'm like, well, why is that the case though? Like, what have I done Mm -hmm. to, to, you know, not trust myself? And I, a lot of these, a lot of times these answers are not necessarily that I'm doing anything. It's just my way of thinking because of the way that I grew up. Um, So anyway, what are some (laughs) things for you that like you've specifically noticed have been challenging and maybe especially like in your 20s right um based on how you grew up and having that that trauma like what are some things that have really been challenging for you so like not even with the addiction piece we'll just like the abandonment piece together yeah um so I always and I know this is super common and sometimes people don't realize where these feelings could be coming from so what i'll do is because i'm a human being and shit happens i push everybody away so they don't have the opportunity to hurt me i would rather push as far as i can to completely miss the opportunity of me having my heart broken whether that's a friendship whether that's a relationship like fuck, i do it i do it to nick i think in my head wow my dad you know, I clearly wasn't good enough for him to stay. So why the fuck is he still here? Mm. So I push and I push and I push and I try all of the buttons and Nick won't budge. Um, So right. it's just <laughs> never, ever. But it's like, you know, you push to protect yourself. You right. push to just, you don't want to get hurt. You don't want to get hurt. I, I can't, now I'm growing out of that mindset because if I realize, you know, one of these days I am going to push and somebody's actually going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would fucking suck. But, you know, even, and it's so silly, but it is what it is. Like even seeing dads with their daughters yeah. um, at recitals or at soccer games or whatever. And he'd call me mm. and he'd be like, oh, I'll be there. I promise. And, you know, that's the first thing that you look for. I would always look for him and then all I would see is, you know, my mom with her fucking disposable camera just staring there, like cheering me on. But you could see the hurt in her eyes too. Yeah. Um, And like growing up with the abandonment thing and like the daddy issues, it's like right. you look for validation from men. And I did this a lot when I was young and some people can find it disgusting. Truthfully, it is what it is. It, it happens. Yeah, it happens. It triggers something in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um. So you have sex with people that you may not even be attracted to, to feel some kind of validity mm. in, in your heart. Oh, you know, maybe this person will actually love me. Maybe they'll care for me. Maybe they'll, you know, and, and you just have meaningless, pointless interactions with men. And then you sit with it and then you realize that they treat you like shit, right? They talk to you when they want to have sex with you. 
And that's all you're used for. And then you're disposed of. So the feeling is familiar, right? Just, just being completely and utterly disposable. So I'm like, oh, well, I can, you know, this is just so fucking common for me. Um, So then you kind of use it to numb yourself. Like I deserve this. I deserve this treatment from men. My dad left. I don't deserve anybody to be kind to me, um, especially a male. So I've been through a series of abusive relationships where I thought hitting is normal. um, Hurting me is normal and that's okay. And I would stay with these people and, and just be a fucking robot because that's, that's all I knew. So it took just, it takes so much inner work to come out of that and to realize like, I'm in this pattern and I'm abusing myself. I'm allowing these people to abuse me because I think, wow, this is just how life is supposed to be. I watched it happen to my mom. I felt it happen to me on several occasions, more than several. And, and you just, it becomes normalcy. It becomes comfortable. It becomes Right. You know, that this is this is my standard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so proud of you for raising those fucking standards. Okay. And (laughs) recognizing your worth. And I know that it's still a battle. I mean, we all struggle with even anything. I think at any time that you overcome something it's a continuous you're you're choosing every day to not go back to those bad you know not bad habits but just those old patterns right? right so you choose every day to you know do your best to know your worth and live this beautiful life that you now have with Nick and Amelia and you know just living the life that you deserve so I'm so proud of you and thank you I wanted to share a little bit about one thing that I have been struggling with, um, you know, gratefully, I can't relate in the sense of my dad being absent. Um, Mm -hmm. but I can relate to the, or yeah, I guess I can relate to just the, the having rough relationships, you know, with your parents growing up and now living at home, I've found that it's really challenging to grow up not just like literally but mentally grow up in a space that an old version that of me and an old life that I want to like in in some form die (laughs) like it's so hard (laughs) to grow up in that space and like that's not Mm -hmm. to say that I don't love this home I've lived in this home for 18 years um it has a lot of meaning to me a lot of great memories here but as a young woman who has also experienced a lot of trauma in these four walls it's like damn like I need to get out and I guess I kind of wanted to look to you and ask you your opinion on that being somebody who now does have your own space I know actually that your home is such a safe space for you um and yeah I guess just I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the day that that happens I know that now Mm -hmm. because things are better at home and I I do enjoy being here and definitely taking advantage of living at home and being able to figure out my life while my parents you know support me in so many ways um, but definitely looking forward to the, the moment that I'll be able to move out. And I feel like 
then I'll really be able to expand, really be able to be with myself and heal and just grow in more ways than I can here. Um, Mm -hmm. So how have you experienced that, you know, now living on your own and like what I guess maybe any advice to anyone like myself or any other girl who feels that way of like, you know, wanting to get out, like some encouragement of like, just. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. So, you know, I'm living in my house, right? I'll paint the picture and, you know, living in my house, my mom is just always been just the verbally and physically aggressive, abusive type. So mm-hmm. then I have that then I have my stepdad who was clean and sober and then it just completely just fell off. So I realized that waking up every day wondering if I was going even at, you know, like 25, 26 years old, like that's insane. Wondering, am I going to be talked down to today? Am I going to have to go pick my stepdad up off the street today because he, he Mm. passed out drunk? Am I going to have to A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Right. I had, I had no business moving out. I did in the, in the case of, you know, dealing with abuse and A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Was I ready financially? Absolutely. The fuck not. Um, but like, and you're going to be broke and that's fine. You, you know, you, you can be financially in a mess. You can be financially stable. You're going to move into your own place. And like me, you're going to buy a ton of shit for it. Perhaps things <laughs> that you don't need. It's fine. It's a part yeah. of the process. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, even when we didn't have a kitchen table, we didn't have a fucking bed frame. We were sleeping on a mattress. Eat Like the moment I stepped foot in here, mm. I just could breathe. Right. Your house now that you know your mom is is in recovery and doing fucking amazing and and your family dynamic is better that's amazing but always in the back of your mind you're gonna remember what happened there whether you want to or not you know what I mean it's it's funny you say that because sometimes it happens subconsciously um Mm -hmm. my sister and I have both experienced it it's very interesting and it's just like why I'm so into like brain body stuff because literally I there have been times where we'll come home and a certain way that my mom will be sitting or or a certain way she says hi when you walk in. It's just something about her. It just, it, it's an immediate trigger and your body just goes, oh my God, she drank today. And it, mm-hmm. I'm just immediately transported back to childhood, me coming home from school and having those, you know, reactions. And, and it doesn't happen often now because I've, she's gained my trust back essentially is what it is right um but yeah it's so interesting you just have those triggers always and like you said even though it's better now it it still happens it still comes up it's still you know I'm in my room where things happen that you know I'm I'm not 100% comfortable sharing but Mm -hmm. things that I shouldn't have gone through that I can't escape until I actually leave. Like, right. and even then it still is with me always. Of course. But it's like, it would definitely be easier to move past those things. And I, not to say that I dwell on them either, mm-hmm. you know, but um, I think that you, like you said, your trauma is, I mean, it's a part of you as we're talking about, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it shapes you. So it's always going to be with you. So I think, you know, it's definitely a, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, it's a gift, but there's another word I'm looking for to, to be able to move out and to have your own space. It's yeah. definitely something that, especially nowadays with just the market and being a young person in the economy, mm-hmm. like it's not very easy. <laughs> so um, no. I think a lot. I think a lot of people, you know, we strive for that. We strive to move out because we know that when we do, we're going to have these breakthroughs like you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. But until then, I think for me, what I'm working on, because obviously I have these goals, I'm working towards these goals, but I have to, I don't love the word realistic because I also, I'm obviously super woo woo. So I'm not entirely, (laughs) I don't entirely believe in realistic things, but Mm -hmm. I think about, I think that they're, are ways to be responsible, maybe, Um, you know, set yourself up for success. So instead of rushing into moving out when I have it good here and I can take that, you know, to my, use it to my advantage and work with what I have, instead of wishing that I wasn't here, I can work through the feelings that I'm feeling now Mm -hmm. and actually become stronger because of it. And I look at that as a positive thing, right? Even though I'm having these, I had these negative times in my life and these challenges um, and they're causing more challenges now, being here is kind of forcing me to work through it, which is really, it's really cool, but it's a lot of unlearning, right? And whoever listens to every episode is probably like this bitch and her unlearning. Cause I (laughs) I feel like I use that word every, every episode, but because that's kind of the chapter of life that I'm in. And I know that Mm -hmm. we've had some conversations off camera about that. Just like right now, it's just a season of, unlearning old patterns and thoughts and beliefs and words and actions and just recreating this new version of yourself and not being kind of bound and held back by those traumas yeah it's it's a process damn is it a process and do you have some ways that you love to work through these shifts So I definitely try to stay in tune with myself. Also to answer your question before, you, for me, you can move out anytime you want. I think you're more than capable. I think anybody is more than capable of doing anything they want to do that will make their soul truly happy and at peace. Mm, I think anybody who decides to stay in a home, maybe there's some trauma in it and whatever. I think that's incredibly fucking amazing and strong and beautiful that you're willing to sit with it and not only sit with it you're you're willing to reflect back on it and be like holy fuck like i have grown so much from this time to this time and maybe i can just withstand this a little bit longer and when i feel a little bit better i'll be able to go and do my own thing um i think it's beautiful that you're strong enough, but do I think you can move out now? Absolutely. Yeah. Decorate your apartment all to you. Like, I agree. I agree. And there's definitely more to it that that's holding me back. It's not just trauma. It's actually, you know, the love and happiness I feel here. That's also part of what's keeping me here. Um, but I love that perspective and I agree, but, um, we actually are going to have to start wrapping up. So if you want to just share some things that you are currently using, as tools to help you work through the trauma and go through this unlearning process um, and, and some advice to the girlies on what they can do too. Tools, go to therapy. It's not weird. Mm. It, it, it'll never be weird. Go to therapy, talk it out. 
get some friends that have a good listening ear that you can talk to and also that they can talk to you. You need you need that support system. Yep. Your family, if you have great family, vent to them. If you don't, look inward, write it down, mm. run and run and run and get all of that out. Go yep. to nowhere, scream, scream in your car. Yep. You know I do Reiki. Yep. You know I do that yoga shit. <laughs> in tune with yourself, align yourself, wake up, set your intention. Today's going to be a great day. Yeah. I'm going to heal. That's mm -hmm. it. You, you read up on it. You do the inner work. The inner work is so fucking important. And, mm -hmm. and that is, is the key is healing the little girl or little boy mm -hmm. inside of you. And eventually you'll become whole again. And, and that's, mm -hmm. I'm not there, but mm -hmm. I'm on my way there. And that's all that matters to me. So take the time for you, even if you're like, oh, I, oh, I don't deserve this. This is ridiculous. You deserve everything and more that this world has to offer you. Mm -hmm. um, speaking to you too directly, ma'am, you yes. deserve everything <laughs> I know, I know you're talking to all of us. I know, that I know. this <laughs> world has to offer you. You, you are this podcast, everything that, that you're fucking doing for women and these soul sisters and all of this shit, like it's needed. It's needed right now. It's been needed always, but this is the now and you're doing it and I'm proud of you. Um, you. But anyway, heal oh. you. It starts with you. Yeah, um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> no, this has been amazing. And I, I appreciate you being vulnerable and opening up and sharing. And I know if it wasn't for the 40 minute cap on zoom and not wanting to, you know, put out the longest podcast episode ever, we could keep going, but we'll definitely have to do a part two on, on this because like I said earlier, our stories, you know, can't just be summed up in one little chat, but I also appreciate what you had mentioned earlier about me sitting with the trauma. I never, I guess, considered that that was, brave um and you kind of gave me a little bit of some perspective and some kudos Aww. I feel like to myself so I appreciate that and I actually really encourage other people to sit with it because I think that's part of how you're going to heal it's part of how you're going to feel whole you have to sit with it you have to actually realize what it was that you went through um you know and and learn from it in some way grow from it and you know it's it might be ugly to face it um, I've had a lot of, a lot of tearful nights, a lot of crazy journaling sessions, a lot of vent sessions. I think it's important to communicate um, to the people in your past who hurt you. You know, I, it's something I'm definitely working on with my parents is as I grow, um, kind of just asking them for that respect or not necessarily asking, but kind of just expecting that, you know, as my parents, they want my respect. And as a young adult, who's yes, they're a child, but still a person, you know, their respect in my healing journey and just having conversation with each other. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now, what I encourage other people to do. And yeah, just give yourself grace and patience, right? Mm -hmm. And and other people too. That's something else that I want to say is um, it can be so hard to look at your parent, your partner, your family member, friend, whoever that has caused this hurt in your life. Um, it can be so hard to look at them and have 
some sort of sympathy or to look at them as a, another person or to be patient with them in their healing journey if they're still not sober or whatever. But I think that it's important to have love for them and to be patient with them as well. And that's something that I've definitely been practicing with my mom is looking at her as just a person. Yes, she's my mom, but she was a person before she was my mom. Um, and mm -hmm. she's a person now. And, um, you know, she deserves my love for everything good that she's done for me. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That was kind of a little off topic, but <laughs> I just think the, the whole point is just to say that trauma is you know it, it everybody goes through trauma in some ways yeah. right your your mom your dad my mom my dad the ways they reacted the the reasons why they did the things they did mm -hmm. it goes back to their childhood too so you know in in all reality it's just this generational cycle that hopefully as we continue growing and learning from the past we can do better and we can break these generational curses so it ends with us that's it it's done yeah, that's it. it. I'm getting like yeah. all emotional all of a sudden. Ah. <laughs> this this is this um this conversation has meant a lot to me. I'm happy that we did this. So thank you for sharing. Um, this holds a very obviously special place in my heart for a lot of reasons. It's very personal, but I I want this is part of the podcast, right? This is the part that's yeah. important, and I mean all of it's important, but um this is what we're here for. This is why we're doing this. So, um yeah. We're going to wrap up. Casey, <laughs> where can the girls find you? <laughs> um, You can find me on Instagram. I'm a photographer or whatever. Yeah, um, or whatever. Yeah, we, kind of forgot. <laughs> we just got right into trauma dumping that we didn't even do an intro, but you can check her out for sure. Yeah, what's your Instagram? So I, I think it's a Casey. Yeah, Casey Miracle Photo. Check yes. it out. I'm coming back in slowly but surely. So yes. I'm ready to get into it. Yes so much fun. Casey and I have the best time at our photo shoots. We did a Valentine one a couple weekends or last weekend. Um, I think it was, and I'll be posting those. Well, actually this episode's going to come out after Valentine's. So never mind. Um, <laughs> your, your girl's just on her batching shit real quick. So it's like, you know, but anyway, yes. Thank you, Casey, for coming on today and sharing and being vulnerable and just being you. And I'm proud of you for where you're at. And I know that you're going to continue to just move mountains in your healing journey and evolve into new versions of yourself. So everything you said to me, you got to listen to yourself, girl. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and we got this, we, we got this together, just like you said, that support system. So I'm grateful for girls like you in my life, grateful for this community and please share this with a friend guys. If somebody um, in your life, if you think that they could really hear this message and take something away or if you were able to relate to it in some way um I always love to hear from you guys so definitely let us know and yeah I'll be seeing you again on Friday for another episode of a girl's guide too